What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> We're trying something new. What's up, motherfuckers? It's date night. Have you not listened to a We Made It Weird? Have you not? Wait, hold up. Hold up, 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 hold up. You've never listened to a We Made It Weird? Well, you're about to turn this one off because of the intro. If you haven't already, by the way, what's happening, weirdos? What's happening, weirdos? It's our date night. We have Iris, who's wonderful. We're in the back house. We recorded it. It was great. It was great. One of our faves, I think. Now we're going to eat an Impossible Burger. We're going to watch Frasier. <laughs> I might smoke and not pot and not brown. tell you I did and <laughs> wait for I'll you to able, notice. I'll be able to tell immediately because you'll want to watch Terminator 2 instead. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Please have some respect for the James Cameron classic. <laughs> hey, babies, it's me, Dennis Miller. Have some respect. For that James Cameron classics. <laughs> Did I got you already nothing. smoke? That is how I am when I smoke. Yeah, so please don't tonight. <laughs> Hilarious. I won't. I, no, I might. No, you can. I might. You can. I might. You can. I might. <laughs> you can. You can. Listen, it's a great episode. Let's get to it. Yeah, thanks for hanging on through that mess. <laughs> and thanks for showing your support of our show. Uh, full transparency, this is how uh, you can show your support of the show. If you like this show, <laughs> if you like this show, we have products that we actually use for real and actually love for real. They're called Pete's Picks. And if you want to support the show, the always free show, no paywall, no subscription, or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. try a Pete's Pick. Like living libations. I shaved today. Don't I, I look know. smooth? And remember I said that you smelled like a man. You smell like a man. But like in the good way, because there's definitely there's a bad way. There's definitely a bad way to, way to smell, smell like, like a man. man. Sometimes you smell like that. I did yesterday. You ever take a shower because you don't really want to and it's not preventative. It's it's restorative. <laughs> living libations is a uh, wonderful company. They make skin care dental care, hair care, baby care. But here's the deal. Not only is it high-end, unbelievably badass and effective products, more effective than the chemical nightmare counterparts that you buy at CVS, the ingredients are things you will recognize and words you can pronounce. I, as I always say, I've been very careful about what I put in my body when it comes to food, but I was not being careful about what I put on my body Frankly, because I was believing the mythology of advertising. It's got a fancy French name and it's $73. It must be good for my skin, but it's not. Skin products in particular have so many chemicals linked to disease, toxicity levels not intended for humans, and enter living libations, finally giving us a respite from this chemical nightmare, but not at a cost of uh, efficacy, 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 or efficiency, like their ginger exfoliating scrub. This is a great way to support the show. You just need an exfoliating scrub. Go to livinglibations.com and use promo code weird for 20% off the ginger exfoliating scrub, which I know I already said badass, but it is the most badass exfoliant I've ever used in my life. It is so gritty and rough in all the ways you want your exfoliant to be gritty and rough and smells wonderful and it's made 
from plants and oils and extracts that are natural and real and it works and it's wonderful. I also use their Zen Shave, the only shaving balm that I'm aware of that's so natural and moisturizing. You can actually use it as your aftershave. Just a little bit when you're done, put it on your face. Try doing that with an anonymous green-blue goo in a pressurized can you got at 7-Eleven. It's not going to work, kittens. Good poops. <laughs> and at night, we both enjoy... You were, You knew I was going to say that? Yes. I actually knew that you were going to do a Greg Proops impression. I didn't know. Because you did Dennis Miller, which is... And it is sort of sounded similar. like, <laughs> yeah. hey, kittens. Uh, best, I love I love Proopsies. Uh, best Skin Ever Moisturizer is a great uh, overall moisturizer. Smells great. Love feels it. great. Gets your skin glowing. Natural beauty. Put that on before bed. Put it all over your body. Put it all over that bod. But whatever you guys need, I'm sure there's something in your bathroom or your bedroom that you can replace with a wonderful Living Libations product and show your support of the show. Face, body, eyes, teeth, even babies. We've got Leela on the Living Libations line. I, I love their sunblock. Not a weird... Like, what are you putting on the baby? You know what I mean? Get some natural sunblock on that baby. Works great, and I can uh, attest to that because she's constantly naked and in the sun. (laughs) Uh, Living Libations has a premium natural and wonderful product to replace whatever weird chemical uh, anomaly you might be using now. So go to livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD for 20% off. 20%. Wow. I use it. Val uses it. We love it. Get into it. (laughs) Ha! Also, speaking of baby Lee... Hello, Bello. Hello, Bello. Hello, Bello. We love Hello, Bello. We love Hello, Bello. Hello, Bello is a diapers premium, nice, wonderful, fun patterned, well fitting, well upgrading. Meaning Leela's on the on the pull up pants now. Perfect timing. Not to brag that we didn't even have to think about because Hello, Bello delivers them directly to your door. Because being a parent is hard, really, really hard, and you have blowouts. And if you're a parent, you know what a blowout is. And if you're not a parent, you know what a blowout is because it is what it sounds like. It's poop everywhere. And finding a diaper that is absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be that hard. It's also like remembering to buy diapers. You're going to add that to your list of all the other it? things. Who you needs remember it? snacks. Who you have needs to remember it? bottles. Who you needs remember it? all Who needs that. It? Choosing what's best for your baby and what's best for your budget shouldn't always be a losing battle for your wallet. Hello Bello is here to ti- uh, to lighten the load. Not tighten. They're going to lighten that load <laughs> on the bank account all while keeping your baby's booty comfy and dry. If the thought of getting yourself ready, carrying the baby to the car, and putting your mask on to go to the store and to get a pack of diapers to you sounds horrible just don't do it get those diapers delivered automatically with hello bello co-founded by one of our favorites Kristen bell and podcast guest and pal dak shepherd hello bello is built on the simple idea that babies deserve the best which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices 20 different rotating designs i know i say this every time but last night leela picked out the one she wanted and that makes getting her in a diaper that much easier Each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes that are like 99% water, which is what you want, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. Even the box is something fun. That is not in the copy. I am saying they gave us a robot box that Leela is still playing with. Head over to hellobello.com slash weird to build your bundle, and Hello Bello will send you diapers on a cadence that works for you. The shipping is free, and you can cancel any time. Get their super soft, super absorbent, 
super fun, super affordable diapers delivered right to your door from Hello Bello. Right now, if you go to hellobello.com slash weird, you'll get 25% off of your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and a whole lot of <laughs> potential blowouts saved. That's hellobello.com slash weird to start building with 25% off your order. <laughs> Plus get 15% off any add-ons like vitamins or wipes. Don't forget, that's uh, hellobello.com <laughs> slash weird we love Hello Bella. thank you so much for your support and last but not least I start my morning every morning as does Val with ritual ritual multivitamins done right and taking all of the guesswork out of it we deserve to know what we are putting into our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. You won't find sugars. You won't find... GMO. You won't find... Major allergens. You won't find... Synthetic filler. And you won't find... Artificial coloring. Plus, the fresh taste mint... Oh, love it. Love it. Delayed release capsule makes taking the vitamin easy. I do intermittent fasting. I don't take my first I don't take my first meal till about one o'clock. So I need a multivitamin that is delayed release, meaning it breaks down in the lower intestine, which is where your body can actually absorb those nutrients. But it also won't upset your stomach if you take them on an empty stomach. Can I just say, I love that it is small, manageable capsules. Yeah, they are. They're not horse pills. Not horse pills. And that the bottles themselves, because they come to you once a month, they are small and like kind of adorable. And they're clean and they look good on your counter. Exactly. And they come in very eco-friendly packaging, meaning it's like an envelope with a bottle in it. It's not like six pounds of styrofoam in a, a little bottle. It's and, just the minimum packaging. And it's not those like big bottles of a lot of different vitamins that can just cover your counter. This is all you need in one this is adorable it. package. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in your diet. No shady extras. Ritual's delayed release capsule delivers high-quality nutrients like the immune-boosting vitamin D3 in two daily pills. Also B12, which is hard for me to get as a big. It's also traceable. It comes with a fun little piece of literature that you can know and source, go back to the source of where the nutrients are coming from with the Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Everything about it's transparent. The bottle's transparent, the pills are transparent, their practices are transparent. It's available for women, men, teenagers. Ritual's multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages, and your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always, which I like It's like because it's like a treadmill. You have to keep moving. Keep taking them. It helps. It motivates me to keep taking them to know that they're coming. But if they do pile up, which for me they never have, but if they do, you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. If you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. You call that nothing to lose. Great way to show your support of your body. Great way to show your support of this podcast. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today and show your support of the show. That's ritual.com slash weird for 10% off during your first three months. I love it. Start your ritual today. I know you already said it. I wanted to say it. It means a lot that you guys try the Pete's Picks. Thank you so much. And we really hope you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed spending part of our date night with you guys. 
We'll see you uh, next Friday, but we'll also see you right now. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, we'll never see you. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll do a live one one of these days. But right now, we'll hear, you'll hear us. Well, now it sounds so cold. (laughs) All right. You'll hear us. No, it's a cosmic transmission of wonderful, loving energy that a group that we call Weirdos share with us every Friday as part of our date night. It's a special, sacred time that we look forward to every week. Thanks for being here. Get into it. Get Okay, you stole the get into it. Go ahead. Get into it. You get me back at the end of this one anyway. That's true. I gotta so say. So anyway, Aladdin <laughs> is a metaphor for spirit. Wait. Because we're all genies in a lamp. We're all genies in a lamp. We need to be rubbed in the real powers inside. I'm kidding. That's when you went in to get Leela last time, that's what I started to talk about. Oh, really? Like when you were out of the room. I was like, now that I have you alone, I watched Aladdin. Oh, my God. But think about it. He uses his last wish to liberate his spirit. His spirit. Yeah. And his ego is the monkey. Yeah. His monkey mind. But he's trained his monkey mind to be compassionate because even his monkey gives a starving child some bread. But then the bad guy, his ego is is a parrot that never shuts up. Yeah. So the animal sidekick is like their ego. And they want to, they both want to use and manipulate spirit. Mm-hmm. He wants to use it for evil. Aladdin doesn't want to use it at all. He wants to set it free, and that's what makes him noble of heart. So I can't, I can't even watch. I can't even watch Aladdin. And not, let's not say I can't watch. I can watch, but when I watch Aladdin, I'm like, is everyone? Is every storyteller? I, okay, let's put it this way. I feel like Disney, Pixar, and a lot of really exceptional storytellers either know what they're doing, which is my guess. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. They know the themes. They know the, the colors to paint what they know, the major issues uh-huh. uh, in the hero's journey, but also in the spiritual journey, mm-hmm. or they're just getting very lucky. I think it's the first one. I, I actually would like to pose a third option. Mm. I think... Oh, so crispy. I th- <laughs> There's, oh my God. Somebody make that what happens when you get a text. Oh, so crispy. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it. I don't think people are going to want to hear that ever again. <laughs> you live alone. You work from home. You can have, oh, crispy. Oh, I, I don't it. know why, but I hate it. I hate it. I hate it more with every, oh, <laughs> getting crispier, I think. Sounds bad. Um, it's getting crispier. I, uh, I, I think it's the, maybe the, the Joey Cam's thing too, which is like, when you're in a creative place, I don't know if this is actually the Joseph Campbell argument, but this is how I understand it. Like when you're in a creative place, you are uh, collaborating with the, the con- source, yeah, with the you know, and the collective unconscious, and, and the collective that, yeah. unconscious. And so, because of that, you know, we only have we have the story of us yeah. <laughs> and it comes through in different ways. And so I would think that it would come through for people who don't even necessarily realize what they're doing. Meaning sure. They think it's just a parrot and just a monkey. I don't think necessarily. Yes, completely. You're brilliant as always. I don't think the writer uh, or writers of Aladdin was like, and the monkey is his ego. Yeah. I think they're thinking in a lot of traditional stories following a hero, they have an animal sidekick. And that's always so fun. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a play and there's a very 
you know, esteemed character, but then his dog jumps out of his lap and starts eating the wedding cake. Yeah. And we all laugh so hard, and I don't think we need to intellectualize it, but we go like, even, no matter how prim and proper you are, there's still a part of you that wants to not only, like, eat the cake, you want to put your dick on the cake and, like, poop on it like you're an animal. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And we laugh whether or not we, we don't need to burden it with analysis. Yes. But it's fun... To burden to, it with analysis. <laughs> yeah, I don't find it to be a burden. I'm, I'm glad. I think the writers are probably just going into a very pure, creative place. Yeah, that's what I mean. But you know, there's that Lou uh, Lost and Found Pixar short, yeah, where the 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 Lost and Found toys become a body, and then teach a kid to give him away. Yeah, and in doing so, they destroy him, but yeah. he's rewarded with love. I'm like everything that lasts that really, truly resonates mm-hmm. has some tie to eternal wisdom. I won't yes. even say spiritual wisdom. But yeah, I actually do think Pixar, modern Pixar, knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I think because that's some, the age we're living in. Yeah, and I just think there's some really woke people, you know, working there and yeah. writing beautiful things. It but, used yeah. to be a secret, like George Lucas with Star Wars was like, oh, I'm the first one to go, like, there's a thing called the hero's journey. And yeah. and, and even that, as the animal, it has Chewbacca and, and Han Solo. That's an ego and a, and a you know, and an id, as yeah. if I've ever seen one. If I've, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Let's put on our galoshes and romp in, our, in the muddy fields with our white steeds. That's a dirty idea if I've ever seen one. <laughs> That was so oh, like sincere. It was adorable. That's well. That was like our laugh. It, it's a magic cape. It's a magic. What was it? Oh, Doctor oh, Strange God. has a magic cloak, and spirituality is like a magic cloak. It's a magic cloak. Oh my God! What were you gonna say? I was. I know. I was one hundred percent JK when I started with my Aladdin thing. Oh yeah. Oh no. Well, but I was gonna say one other thing about creativity and and. That stuff, but I don't remember, so who cares? You were saying um, modern Pixar does know what they're doing. Yeah, it was even before that. I need a doctor, Pete Doctor, to turn this into a genius movie. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Pete Doctor is like a real ideal dinner guest for, for me. IDG? Yeah. I think what I was gonna say when we started was um I gotta say I'm I'm like pumped for this. <laughs> for this podcast? Yeah, I'm Pumped. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped too. I don't know. I we're was, coming into a little time off. We're coming into uh, time off, it. meaning we're still getting up. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, we're still getting up in the middle of the night and getting up very early and, and sleeping with a toddler and not like so not getting great rest. But our wonderful. Let's give it up for Iris. 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 Oh. Iris. Iris. <laughs> when two people clap, they always sync up. Okay, let's you, scatter them yeah. a little bit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You you start the clap, <laughs> okay. and I'll pepper. It's not natural. I love in that thing you do. Oh. I love that thing you do. Did you know do. music production was my first? That's what I thought I was going to do? Yes, I love this about you. Because it was the first way music. Oh, oh, let's smoke a joint and listen. Papa Pete's talking. But music mm-hmm. is kind of like storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, but it's a storytelling you can do alone. Yeah. Like I said to Bird Talker, I was like, you can just, like a guitar, sitting with a guitar, 
It, it doesn't like want you to be good at it. it. It'll let you play with it. That's how I felt about the drums and the bass and all these things. Go in the garage and, and tinker with the four track. It was an early way of realizing the flow state of creativity yeah. was everything I wanted. Yeah. And I could be like, oh, to get away from my, my house wasn't that bad. I just loved having something to do. Way more than arguing parents, I had to deal with boredom. It was like yeah. being a firefighter. It was either so boring yeah. or the house was on fire. <laughs> like there was no in between. Yeah. But there is that quality that you have that I, I hope, I think it's too late for me, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope Leela gets it. Where it's like, I wouldn't have gone and like my brother had a drum set in the garage. I, I, and I was interested in it, but I wouldn't have gone and played by myself because like tinkering felt dangerous, even if it, if I was the only one that heard it, like the, my self critic was just so loud, even at an early age. I hate that. That was, I think, I mean, that is really sad, but I think it's also the most common thing. Mm. I think it's, it's way rarer to be like, I was a kid and I just like, like no stakes, just went and tinkered. And, and I think there were things, and maybe more people had that as a, as kids, but certainly it's rare to have it as an adult. And I see you have this, you, you will have an idea that I, if I had that idea, I would be like, <laughs> this is a funny way to tell me my idea stinks. No. If I had that idea, <laughs> no. I'd dig a hole, write the idea on a piece of flimsy paper, throw it in the hole, light it on fire. <laughs> no, but I don't, you're saying? I would, I would jump on it too quickly and be like, I don't think this is a thing. I've never seen anything like that. I, that's probably not well, a I thing. Well, I think a lot of people jump to step 17 instead of, I just had a, a meeting today and I was like, I don't know if this thing I'm working on for fun right now will be anything. And there, there is, you know, there's uh, what is it? You're in the fire swamp. Yeah. There's rodents of unusual size. There's lightning sand. There's the flames. There are all these like perils. Yeah. Um, but if you just kind of, you know, I, I'm not giving you advice. I'm just like, you I, can. even as a kid, I was like, well, let's just, let's just start. Mm. Unfortunately, though, sometimes you do run into like the heartache and the disappointment and all these different things. It still seems way better than just not starting. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to agree with you, but like no. little Pete, even more than grown Pete, because what you brought to mind was I can't believe I played the drums mm-hmm. in the suburbs of Boston, like a quiet. I'm my own worst nightmare. 17 year old Pete. Yeah. It would drive me crazy. Mm. And my neighbor, I have a very vivid memory. It was so vulnerable mm. that me and Ern were practicing. He's on the on the drums. I'm playing the bass. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Playing? <laughs> I think it's plying. Plying the bass. <laughs> I'm plying the bass. That sounds like, you know what that sounds like. <laughs> Deep beef. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I just meant masturbation, but like... I didn't know what you meant. I thought you were going to say it sounds like Paul Rudd and I love you, man. It does sound like that. I call and Paul Rudd... And said deep beef. I'm, I'm going to go Paul Rudd in I love you, man should mean I'm going to go masturbate. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Mm-mm. I'm going to go pull my red. Mm. You know, slap of the bass. <laughs> There it is. There you go. But we were playing. I have two stories that came to mind. One was, (laughs) I know, here it comes. And I'm going to tell it all in one breath. (laughs) I'm going to tell it. 
<laughs> Jim Carrey, liar, liar style. <laughs> Running a red light and speeding. <laughs> I was playing uh, really pretty rough uh, punk rock with Ern, and the door to our garage started moving. Wow. Like someone was trying to open it. Uh-huh. And we're like, what, what is this? And this winded old woman who lived next door mm. came in and she was out of breath. Ern and I still remember this vividly, that she was like, um, and she told us to stop playing. Yeah. Because it was like this. Oh, I, it was like, yeah. it was fast punk. Oh, and at the and worst. Fa- fast teenage, like. And me, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> like, that's how I played the bass. It wasn't like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it was like, dong, 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 dong. I broke strings. Oh, my God. You're not supposed God. to break bass strings. They're thick. And then the other moment, if that's the rodent of unusual size, no disrespect to my former neighbor. Oh, but we're, it, we're still using this metaphor, yeah. Yeah, we're back in it. <laughs> the lightning sand, or no, the fire, is, I vividly remember, me and Ern were jamming, and I was, like soul, I was in it. I was losing myself, and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And it's something slower. And I was really getting my lips on that mic. Oh and I was going like, and I started going like, how? <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, how, 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 like that. Oh, my God. And he stopped playing. <gasps> Not to laugh, but to make, we kind of laugh, to make fun of me because I sounded like <laughs> Axl Rose. How I'll take me down to the paradise city, you know? Yeah. Which I definitely was. Yeah. But this is why I love stand-up, because those group activities, <laughs> you those rehearsal moments, mm. yeah, I know in stand-up you have to do them in front of a crowd, but usually... You know, a crowd is different from your best friend being oh, like, yeah. you sounded stupid. You sounded like Axl Rose. And that is like this little humiliation. I can feel it. And little P was like, you've made a powerful friend today. <laughs> like, you know, like I just, I have a really hard time forgiving people a sometimes. A powerful enemy. That's what I mean. You made a powerful <laughs> enemy. If somebody is like, I don't know. It, it's just too sensitive. I, a hundred percent. We're very similar in that way. And Leela seems to be like this too. Mm. Like really sensitive that if. You don't love what she did. Yeah. She'll take it really hard. Yeah. yeah. Or even just like, like little corrections. Like she, she, oh, what did she do? It just happened this morning where we were playing and she like scratched my face or something. Oh no, she bit my hand. So she was, I shouldn't, I should have, we really need to get better about this because she is getting in the biting age. Yeah. Where like, if she just barely even starts to bite you, you go, we don't bite people. Yeah. But instead she started to bite me a little bit and I was like, don't bite me. Like I was playing with her and then right. she bit down really hard and I was like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. And then just me sad. saying, ow, she gets really, really sad. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing in both of us. That's I was like, saying, ow, too. Ow, <laughs> yeah. ow, ow. Which I don't know how, if it's just an innate thing or if there's, because I feel like ours does come from like, I need you to. I I need you to approve, but there is more just like a, I need to feel 100% safe. Well, she's trying new stuff. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. I think that's why people are like, you can continue into your life to try new stuff. And I'm not saying there's two types of people in the world. Mm. I'm saying, actually, I understand if you want to cut out the risk 
it makes it makes rational sense. Yeah. To sure. just be like, look, chances are creative endeavors aren't going to like quickly or easily end up being a career. Mm. Uh, and it's not even that safe to feel like vulnerable in that way. Mm. So a lot of people just go like, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it but as somebody who has struggled with with uh my creativity it's not really safe to to if you have, feel the call. Well, that's very Rob. Yeah. What's the Rob Bell in How to Be Here, which is a great book to read if you want to like read a book about writing a book or like writing something. Yeah, or any creative thing. Yeah, it's just a good book to get psyched. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm one of those people. Reading about writing gets me writing. Yeah. And he says, what's the risk of not taking a risk? Like everybody knows the immediate risk. Oh, they might laugh at me, Mm. but they don't consider the long-term risk that it's like, oh, fuck, I'm 75 and I, you know, I live in a basement in Phoenix. No disrespect to Phoenix. I just picked a random place. Yeah. I actually am in this place with my creativity where, you know, I write a poem when I can and when it comes to me, uh, but like, I'm still not being engaging in my creativity as often and as freely and openly as I would like, but where, how I've usually dealt with that in the past is feeling really frustrated and like trying to set goals and like reading more books and getting like butt in the chair kind of behavior, which is appropriate at some time, you know, some moments, but I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, I, I'm just going to like be really gentle with it because I think it's like a butterfly that every once in a while comes and sits on my shoulder. Mm. And what I'm going to try to work on is like making my shoulder a nicer place, more butterfly friendly. Yeah. Um, and looking more at like what the blocks are. Like not looking at them directly, but just doing things that I know that are holistically good for me like movement and eating right and meditating and just taking care of the things I know I can take care of and trusting that creativity is part of that yeah that whatever is blocking it will will be positively affected by like good life lifestyle we've been having that this week I you know I've gone through a very long (laughs) hibernation period Mm -hmm. of pretty much no exercise other than the uh, beloved sauna, <laughs> which is, I know that sounds silly. It, it's not moving your body. It's just elevating your, your heart rate. So that's barely anything. Mm-hmm. Certainly no exercise mm-hmm. uh, other than cardiovascular. Uh, I keep just talking about how saunas <laughs> are exercise. Uh, but I do love my sauna and uh, saunas and hashtag saunas, <laughs> hashtag that sauna life. Um, but the past two days, I've, there's a little hike that I go on. Um, if you're in the Los Angeles area and you see me with crazy hair and marker all over my body, (laughs) that's me. Um, so it's just an uphill walk. It takes about an hour and I come back and life is infinite potential. Yeah, that's... And, and reading Richie makes sense. Like, Like, sometimes I wonder if people sometimes feel this way about the ideas that we share or poems that we read. And I do have a great poem from Richie. I do too to share. Mine's only four lines. I actually tried to memorize it so I could use it. I bet I won't even try to do it from memory because it's it's off. Um, But like sometimes, like my mom, I'll give my mom as an example. I'll I'll send her Richie books. I I sort of stopped doing that. But in that spirit of like, it'd be fun if if this is something we both like. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You love talking about Jesus, and here's a guy I like talking about Jesus about Jesus. And uh, it, it, she'd always say, like, I, I'm not there. Like, mm. I, I can't I can't connect with it. Mm. And um, my mom's sort of in a place in her life where she can't exactly go for a hike. But I've noticed that when I go for a hike, everything is okay. Yeah. It's the biggest Yep. Hack. Mm-hmm. Just like I've said a million times, I wish people explained school to me as stealing knowledge. It's a sexier way of looking at it, mm. a more active and heisty way of looking at education. Mm. Steal other people's knowledge and mm. be smart. Mm. Holy shit. Just uh, as like that, as like that, I wish someone had said, <laughs> exercising is about getting you high. It's about feeling good. I know. And I know that, but I promise in a month I'll be in another dormant period. It just comes and goes. I, yeah, I also am like, I remember people being like, do you remember? <laughs> Um, being like, you know, the endorphins and like, yeah. like working out. Don't use that good. word. I kind of always thought that either endorphins are something that you only get if you run marathons or people who are like, when I exercise, I feel good. I thought they meant like, I feel proud that I did something sure. hard. Um, and, and really thought that for a long time. And then once I started dancing, I was like, well, I know I love dancing. I, it just happens to be exercise, but like, right. It feels so good. And then I would do that hike, too. And I'm like, I love this, but I, I think it's because it's nature. And only now am I starting to learn, and here here comes a recommendation coming at you, uh, alignedlifestudio.com. Her name's Lauren Ruxenborough. Um, if you don't want to tell me her name, <laughs> I know. don't make up a, a borough in New England. Uh, it is what I refer to as white girl wellness, where it's like, it's goop approved. It's like a tan blonde. Did you make that a white girl wellness? Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) It's a real, it's a little WGW. Um, but, but she is, so on the surface, she looks like just another person who's going to tell you how to lose weight. But all of the videos that I've done recently, um, are like she, she, this woman knows what she's talking about and she never talks about losing weight, at least in the videos that I've done. She only talks about how the movement is affecting your fascia and your nervous system and your lymphatic system and what movements will release serotonin and oxytocin. (laughs) And as I'm doing it, it's like, it feels so good because your body, like, I mean, it's so stupid, and this is something that she says, but it's like, movement is medicine. And, oh, and because like I'm doing it, while she's saying that, I'm like, I really feel that for the first time in my life. And it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. It's almost silly. And again, I'll probably be in a dormant stage in a month from now, too. But it makes so much sense to me to be like, um, you're talking about embodiment Val like that's all you talk about how like so I'm like taking care of your body and nurturing it through through feelings and doing things for your nervous system but totally ignoring exercise and what I eat Mm. (laughs) and not totally ignoring what I eat but like definitely not um not thinking about my food in terms of like is this what my body wants like do you I, I like, you know, the way we feed Leela is we think about 
things that will make be her good, feel and good make her feel good. And I just don't do that for myself. Not make her feel good like pizza bites. Like make yeah. her feel good. Yeah. Lila will eat raw, unsweetened. I mean raw, like unprocessed, cold processed, or it's you know cold ground, raw, sugarless chocolate. Yeah. That like grown ups would be like. It's too bitter. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> taste good. But she eats it, and I'm like, yeah, you're figuring it out. Daddy yeah. eats a lot of weird shit mm-hmm. because it gets you high. And I didn't even make that up. I was listening to Ram Dass talking in Naropa, this great talk. It's called Love, Service, Devotion, LSD. <laughs> I wish they hadn't done that. <laughs> I don't. He didn't call it Love, Service, Devotion, but they branded it that way. And um, he says, I've been pushing the macrobiotic diet for years. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do it for anti-cancer reasons. A lot mm-hmm. of people do it that are living with cancer. And he was like, I do it because it gets you high. And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. So you're like, okay, I'm all about embodiment. So why aren't I exercising? I'm like, life, the point, one of the points of life, it's all the point of life. But one of the things that imbues reality with richness and, and love and light is dialing into a certain frequency where you can see the, con- the connectivity, mm-hmm. you can see the arc towards love, you can see meaning, you can feel and participate in a feeling of meaning. And one of the things that helps you get into that place is taking care of your body yeah. however you're able to. I just said, mm-hmm. my mom can't hike. That doesn't mean this isn't available to her. Yeah. You know, but like, I can hike. And when I come back, I read Richie with completely different eyes. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually saying that for a couple of reasons. One is, if when we talk about spirit stuff, it just doesn't make any sense, uh, I completely know what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. if I don't flow enough, mm-hmm. you become like a pond and and the pond gets algae and stagnant and nothing can live in it. And you want to be like a river. Yeah. And I know people know this, but lately we've been getting enough sleep that I'm like, fuck it. And it really is fuck it. It's never like... Yeah. yeah, it's like fuck it, just do it. You don't yeah. like with me. I go, you don't want to, you don't want to croak. You're ten years older than Val. You want to be around. Mm. You're enjoying life. Just take care of your heart. Take care of your body. Go on the hike. But then you come back and you're like, wait, it's all true. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, it's all true because it's putting you into your body. Mm-hmm. Like doing that is putting you into your body. So it's quieting down your judgmental mind. So there is a gateway opening for you to receive the good teachings. Well, that's what Tim Ferriss says. If you don't, he says, take a cold shower in the morning, mm. which is what I, if you can't exercise, he says, take a cold shower. Cause it, it, he knows the, the nervous systems of the body and the brain, but there's some, there's a shift that happens mm. and he describes it as, you go from seeing problems to seeing solutions. Yeah. And when I was in quarantine alone, which I've mentioned many times, it was an impactful, important time in my life, but I was alone for the, whatever it was, two weeks. Yeah. I couldn't really actually, I had a treadmill that I used, but in the morning I would take a cold shower mm. and I really did notice the, sh- it would shock me out of that dreary, like, wow. and then I was like, no, I do see potential. Mm. A hike is, is, is better. Yeah. And it also made me think of, well, I've been for my mindfulness classes, I've been starting and even just in my own meditation practice, I will start with some movement, like Mm. usually just doing like somatic movement where you just like either sitting or standing 
just do whatever your body is asking for. So like stretching in a, in a way that feels really good, moving your arms, just like no judgment mo- moving or just the and and really doing like whatever your body's asking for, like any kind of expansive or like yoga moves or whatever, just any kind of movement or put on a song and dance. And then, well, since I had bird talk around, I've been listening to like good vibration music while I hike and, yeah. I'm, and I cry, I yeah. cry on my hike. I get so emotional on that hike too. It's, it, I call that hike where I like that route where I go to meet God, because by the time you get to the top, your heart is so open. You're so in your body. I can't handle it. Every tree I see is, is God. It's what I said <laughs> to them. I was like, I don't know how you can sing. I'm so tired of taking the more I take, the more I need. How do you get through that? I know. And, you know, I don't know if this is their answer, but like, it's the same way you get for me. I imagine getting through stand up is one of the ways you get through it is you're thinking about other things. Yeah. I'm not really fully available Mm -hmm. to fully connect to what was so funny and so interesting and so novel and alive about what I'm talking about because I'm thinking about the crowd and my timing and I'm tapping my foot to some sort of unheard beat because I can't fully be in the words. I have to think that's what show business is. Yeah, I'm sure (laughs) when they write it or they show it to each other, that's like when the emotion comes out. Well, it's in um, heavy... Uh, leave what's heavy behind. Oh, that's my favorite one. Well, he told me that that was about his own sex shame. Mm. And then there's a, a line about like feeling bad about something that you yeah. wish you hadn't you done feel, or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. And then you notice you feel he sings alone thing. the next part. You're feeling bad because you, you did, did a bad thing. thing. <laughs> and then he, yay. usually it's the two of them. It's him oh. and Danny. And then that one oh. little stanza is just him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's about a feeling he had. And then he sings it alone. Oh. And I'm chilling. I'm getting them chills because you hear it in his voice that he's sharing his heart. And, and he can't. Oh, my God. He can't handle it. But isn't it fucking weird? It's just another little strange piece of the puzzle that your body is not a flaw or a mistake, mm-hmm. that it's a it's a vehicle yeah. that, that can be used lots of different ways. Uh, and one of it, like, the, the form can inform the formless. Yeah. The oh, form can beautiful. inform the formless. <laughs> you're my favorite thing. One of the, my favorite things that you ever said is you're like, isn't it a clue that drugs don't work? Yeah. <laughs> like that we all know <laughs> that you can take heroin mm-hmm. and you will feel better than you've ever felt. Yeah. But we all know, uh, like I know Ryan Adams, complicated character, but he has the, the, the song, it takes two or it used to take one. Yeah. And we know that that's how it works. Yeah. So why don't we do heroin? I know it's illegal. That doesn't seem to bother people with other other things. If yeah. you're downloading a movie or some illegal thing. Yeah. Uh, which I do not do. I just like to say. Um, but we know it's So it's not just the legality. Mm-hmm. It's that we sort of intuitively know that even though there are these shortcuts that can make you feel fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't play out. It will, it will stop. ruin your life. It will, it will ruin your life. And you said, isn't that a clue yeah. to how this works? That the point 
isn't just to here's to feeling good all the time. Yeah. I know that with alcohol. I know that with weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things like that. Well, alcohol is an, another example. It, it's like tolerance. It, <laughs> well, tolerance and just like you. OK, you can get drunk and have an incredible night with your friends, but you're going to feel like shit tomorrow. And in pretty equal me- measure, I would imagine. Well, the hangover can often feel worse than the good time because you can't even remember the good time. Yeah. And then MDMA is, it's like, it'll make you feel incredible. You're ecstatic and in bliss. And then you might be depressed for at least a couple weeks after. Or And I know that doesn't happen to everybody. And MDMA has some really great qualities therapeutically. But like... MDMA.com slash weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> 100% JK, but, not a real website. But these things that you can't... Um, yeah, you. anytime there's a shortcut, there is a pay, an equal pay... That's right. ...to pay for it. And that's what I was talking about. So we've been, have, we've been running the gamut. With the Wednesday episodes this week, they haven't come out yet. But I had Rob Zombie on, mm-hmm. which was super fun. And not as uh, ghosts and goblin-y as I expected, or even as um, metal as I expected. He's just a delightful mm-hmm. and wonderful and thoughtful guy that I, I'm really like, oh, I could be, uh, I would like to be friends with this person. He's <laughs> a delight. But, you know, you have that perspective. And then I had uh, Father James Martin on, which he's the chaplain of the Colbert report. He's like, mm-hmm. he's Stephen Colbert's priest. And so we're having all these different tastes. Mm-hmm. Of, and I had Derek Webb from Camden's call on, uh, representing the formerly Christian. So I've been having all of these chats. Um, and one of the things that I said, we were talking about the priest was it's like, and it's always coming up. It's like, it's not a flaw that we're in this place where sometimes people are mean to you or sometimes people are rude or they lie to you mm-hmm. or they abuse your trust in some way. Or it, it's like, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. I know we say it a lot on the show, but you can't have forward without creating backwards behind you. Yeah, And I'll keep saying that because that's where we are. Yeah. That's what this plane is. Yeah, And if you don't believe me, walk forward. Yeah. And then look behind you. There's behind you. It happens. Yeah. So as soon as there's the feeling of heroin, there's the feeling of withdrawal and and, detail and all that horrible stuff. Yeah. And there's the feeling of drunkenness. But then it's balanced. And Richie's always pointing this out. Even knowing needs to be balanced with unknowing. Yeah. Even moving needs to be balanced with stopping. I mean, we know exercise addicts that are just like, well, that feels good. I'll just never get off the Stairmaster. That's right. Guess yeah. what? Sit on this couch with me mm-hmm. and watch Bob's Burgers. I ins- you have to. Yeah. Or just shut the fuck up and sit still. Yeah. We don't have to watch TV. But like, and this is why I can't stop eating the occasional cookie. Oh. I'll eat a vegan cookie, sure. But let's not, sugar is vegan. So is vodka. You know, vegan doesn't necessarily mean, so is heroin. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean good. But like, I can't give up on not striving for perfection, but just hoping for some sort of balance that I can surrender and bend Mm -hmm. like a thin tree instead of breaking like a thick tree Mm -hmm. and just bend and go, yep, Pete's eating a cookie. I'm not going to eat 50 cookies. But but the reason I don't have to eat 50 cookies is because I don't say don't eat cookies. Yes. You know, it helps to just be a little bit more gentle with myself. I'm all worked up. No, this is like, (laughs) I mean, the balance is everything. And this this is coming up a lot where it's like, um, well, let me first say, 
isn't it interesting that things like exercising and meditating are like like a slower burn, but they're kind of cumulative in a sense where it's not a shortcut. And because of that, if you do it every day or if you do it as often as you can, you will feel proportionately better and things will be easier. Meaning there still will be suffering, but you will be looking at it differently as opposed to something like drugs that's like, let's just not suffer at all. Well, isn't it funny? Exercise is sort of flipping the script. It's like hangover first and then you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. But it's still operating on the same principle. Yeah. It's like you can't have the endorphin rush until you... I've said it a million, but the reason I don't jog, they say jogging is the same as a martini, but I don't have a gallon of jogging in my freezer. But I also think, oh, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, That was it. Yeah. But but it's better to jog and then be drunk. Have the hangover. Get through the hangover first, then it's out of the way. Although with me, my ankles are going to hurt the rest of the day because I went on that hike. (laughs) I think that's funny and almost maybe even the beginning of a bit. And I also think... What I'm finding is that there is exercise and movement that actually feels good while you're doing it. Yeah, I understand. Even I, if just you're not tired. for me. I, I'm, <laughs> I, my arm weighs your whole body. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like I, we joke about when we do when we've done yoga together. Yeah, you're standing on your head, and I'm just like <laughs> I'm rolling out the mat, and I'm sweating more than you're than you'll sweat the whole time. But let's say not even the hike. Even if we just do our regular walk, can you feel that that feels yes, good in absolutely. your body? That, and like dancing, you've said dancing feels good. I I love dancing Pete. I wish I could be dancing Pete. Some of the most transcendent and beautiful moments in my life have been when I'm holding Leela and I put on like Blur, like Mm -hmm. the Woohoo song, or Kelly Clarkson, or Bee Gees' Nights on Broadway. (laughs) And I'll cry because your heart can't, your brain can't keep up with the chemical fourth of july that's happening because you're moving and i know i've said this a million times but like men are not encouraged to move in certain ways like white Mm -hmm. guys dancing you know it's it's their arms and you kind of bop up and down a little bit Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying i don't do that at a wedding Mm -hmm. maybe you're just getting started but these days (laughs) just getting started i'll say it a million because it's what i needed to hear it's like it's okay to move your hips you don't have to be antonio banderas to have the special, like, move the hips, bend the legs, get... You know what I always want to do is what Brent James Sullivan does as a joke, which is arms right. over your hair and just uh, head and just waving them. Yeah. But when I'm alone and it's just me and Lee, and especially if she's on the ground and dancing, it's like being naked in front of your dog. Your That's dog it. doesn't know you're naked. Yeah. My baby doesn't know I'm dancing. I, I take issue with this in a way that might look feminine. Fuck mm. that shit. I'm moving my body... Yeah. And you taught me to do this mm-hmm. without giving it any order. That's right. Don't try to look cool. Yeah. I know I've said that, I know I've said this on other episodes, but I'm feeling it right now. It's like my arms want to be swaying above my head and it feels fucking like liberation. Yes, that's it. That's exactly it. And that's somatic dancing. You're doing what your body wants to do. You're like letting your body express itself in whatever way it needs to. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've been doing that for just like two minutes before I sit down and meditate. Mm. And it's a game changer because 
So I'm I'm taking this training from uh, Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock for the next two years. So get ready to hear a lot about it on this podcast. Um, oh, we have to hear from two of the most brilliant people in the world. <laughs> and I already was quoting them so much, but um, but they they talk about the well. So from that, I've learned that there are four foundations of mindfulness traditionally. Is it four or five? Let's see. It's mindfulness of the breath and body, mm. mindfulness of um, feelings and emotions, mindfulness of thoughts. Which you told me is what Byron Katie taught me. Mm-hmm. So that, that this helped me, and those of you who have been listening from the beginning have really been on this Byron Katie journey with us. Where I, and I know I'm not talking about her, but she a lot as much. I just want to say, like, it wasn't a fad. It changed my life and continues to change my life. Yeah. It just becomes like an automatic reflex. Yeah. Oh, that person didn't text me back. They hate me. Is that true? And you just sort of, you're just an easier, lighter person. Sorry, keep yeah. going. Five yeah. Ways. So it's basically the exercise of not believing your thoughts. Um, and then the fourth one is the mindfulness of the nature of reality. So this was so helpful for me. Mm, one of I the ways that. was because I was like, and those of you who have heard me like not struggling, but trying to kind of reconcile the things that I know, which now I'm like, that's mindfulness of body and breath really gets me there right away. And trying to reconcile that with, Byron Katie, which is mindfulness of thoughts. And then also being like sometimes just sitting and doing mindfulness of the nature of reality, which a lot of times we talk about in this podcast, like we'll just go straight there. Yeah. Um, like a lot of times that doesn't feel right to me mm. um, because it's not grounded and it's, and it's just like, feels like an acid trip that I didn't ask for. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't tied your tether to the earth before lifting off. That's right. And there is kind of a natural, it's not necessary. It doesn't have to go this way. But if you think about it, there is kind of a natural hierarchy to these things where it's like, okay, first mindfulness. I think they're in that order for a reason is what I'm saying. So first mindfulness of the body and breath do a somatic dance or do a body scan and just notice your breath and ground, ground, ground down. So Ramesh, Ramesh Wadar Das, uh, who was one of the original devotees of Maharaji and a very close friend of Ramnas, he just did the podcast. Yeah, he's so sweet. And I, I, he's one of the sweetest. I just... Everybody, everybody loves this I want man. a Ramesh uh, <laughs> like teddy bear like, yeah. that we can just give Leela and just have in the house. But he's so sweet. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But he tells the story. I was like, what got you into this? Was mm-hmm. it free love? Was it drugs? Like, what, what bent you towards an interest in spirit? Because mm-hmm. uh, his family was agnostic and like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he said he went out to the dunes uh, in Connecticut, I believe, or, uh, mm-hmm. or Vermont maybe. And uh, I don't know where there are dunes in either of those places. And he, he didn't even know what he was doing. He just started breathing intentionally. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what pranayama was, which is like basically yoga of the breath mm-hmm. where you hold it and you can get really trippy by the way. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, I've, I wouldn't call them visions, but I've had very vivid visualizations that opened my heart and really melted me from doing that. So he was basically just freestyling that. Wow. And it doesn't, that just sound like the mystery. Yeah. The mystery doesn't care if you learned it properly, mm-hmm. if you're doing it and he was breathing deeply and deeply. And, and he, he said the way I pictured it was like, 
the universe like came to him and suddenly he was floating in the middle of space. He wasn't the middle of the world anymore. He was, he was, he saw the interconnectivity of all things from breathing. Wow. So just to your point, you start with your body and you start with your breath. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of our Christian upbringing was like, well, this thing's just like a horny dog. Yeah. Can we get this out of the way so I can just be, you know, something else? Yeah. Less, less, less uh, carnal. Right. And another way to, well, let me get through this part and then uh, I'll share that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, so so this is a recommended for those of you who are like, you know, feeling stagnant in your mindfulness practice or wanting to try mindfulness for the first time. This is a great way to start is start with with just awareness, doing a body scan or just place your attention on your breath. When you notice you're thinking, label it as thinking and return back to the breath. And Body can, scan being like put your attention to your toes and yeah. then slowly creep it up. And bring your awareness to your ankles, an, to yeah, your shin. legs. And you're trying, the point is to do this with without judgment, to just notice in like a friendly way, whatever is happening. It can start feeling like somebody has a, has a very thin handkerchief that covers your whole body and they're like, whoop. <laughs> whooping it over you, meaning mm. it can feel sort of, I don't want to say titillating because that sounds like sexual, but it can mm. start to feel like a massage from the inside. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and you can stay there. Or what I do is I'm naturally doing this anyway. I do like a body scan or something that brings me in my body, awareness of my breath. And then mindfulness of feelings comes perfectly naturally after that then you notice what's happening in your emotional field and again just observing that without judgment and then mindfulness of thoughts comes perfectly with that because thoughts are going to come and you just kind of let them go Mm. and you're just aware of them without judgment or you can do a practice more like byron katie where you sit with and contemplate a thought is that true Uh, And then once you kind of become aware of all three of those at the same time, it's almost certain uh, or it's very likely that the more you practice that, uh, the veil will start to lift and you'll get the nature of reality because you're you're not jumping to chapter four. You're, you're starting at chapter one and working your way up. That's right. And another way, and I learned this from Jack this weekend, Jack Cornfield, um, another way that it is, taught is through your chakras so that makes perfect sense it's like your root chakra is the grounding down in your body and your breath and then as you go up you're dealing with your emotions and then you're dealing with your thoughts and then the crown chakra is the nature of reality and jack i thought this was this is the part that i was trying to get to jack shared that his experience happened the uh, the other way Mm. so he had really high crown chakra kind of, and it sounds like Ramesh, would, Ramesh did too. Yeah. It's um, all one. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, like, and for those of you who maybe have gotten into meditation through psychedelics, this is probably true for you Well, that's too. what Ramdas used to say. We jumped to chapter 15 instead of starting at one. Yeah. yeah. So you, and that's why he says, that's what all the bad tripping is about. Uh, is nobody told you what to do and you're jumping into like an astral experience and you have no ground and nobody told you it was okay. (laughs) Nobody told you you're coming back or or any of that. So you're just like, ah, right. And I would actually add to that. And I think, I, I think what it is, and this is what has certainly happened with me and my experience. 
you're because you're not starting with awareness of the body and your feelings there is you know there is likely for those people unresolved trauma that will right. n- be lost in space with you that didn't stuff. coddle so another bird talker lyric um i'll do it better in the morning yeah i'll, I'll be, be better, I'll in be the better. i think it's i'll do better in the morning uh yeah, maybe. I think at the end he says, I'll be better in the morning. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure the song is called I'll Do Better in the Morning. And it, Well, and, the song is just called Better in the Morning. <laughs> oh. But he says, behind my eyes, a familiar child. Mm. And you're kind of like, is it Jesus? But talking to Zach, I'm like, nope. They're talking about their inner child. Yeah. And it's this thing that you have to pick up and coddle and mm. hold yeah. and sync up with and breathe with. Yes. And tell it it's safe. Ugh. So you have to pick up your inner child. You have to tell them that they're loved and that they're okay and that you're going to feed them and you're going to keep them safe. And like whatever they're afraid of isn't here right now. Yeah. And then jump off the diving board into the abyss if you want to. Yeah. Well, or and it could be more gradual than that. But yes, absolutely. I love that. And yeah, so, but Jack was saying it, it was like psychedelic trippy. I mean, I, he didn't say psychedelic, but it was like, the higher abyss stuff. And then once he was in that state for a while, he realized that he was from the neck up was completely being neglected and that he, um, that he like had a lot of healing to do and that he wasn't connected to his feelings. And so he had to like move down the chakras and um, I just had. Sorry. I, I think that's what happened. I I would say that that's pretty similar for me too. Mm. And I think it might be similar for you. I don't want to speak for you, but I think we did start with the like, like whoa, oneness, non duality, crazy. And then like for me, because of that trip and because of being pregnant, it was like she wasn't oh, pregnant when she tripped. I wasn't. Yeah, those are two separate things that also that put me into my body and made me have to face. The, the trauma and the pain that was being held there. And now I'm in this space where I am working on healing that. And it, it's aligned with Ken Wilber's thing, which is like, I'm not going to get this entirely right, but I know that there is, it's like, uh, oh God, what you grow, you have to grow up and then you wake up, mm. but you have to heal first before you can wake up. Richie makes that point. Does He's he? like, everybody's trying to wake up before they grow up. Yeah. And I think that that's like, the problem with, I think we can think of people who are, um, in fact, I just thought of one recently, but people who like woke up, but they ha- didn't have the necessary healing. And there's a lot of like scary stuff that can happen. For example, that could, I don't think this is necessarily, necessarily true, but like, um, who's the next Sam guy, Keith Ranieri. Yeah. Like that could be his thing. Like maybe he is, he is onto some like non-dual What's, truths yeah. that he hasn't healed his own wounds, so it's coming out in this like mixed-up way. Right. You need to grow up and evolve your ego enough that you can drop it when the big stuff comes in, so you don't get freaked. Yeah, exactly. But that's where I think that's where you get Ramdas would say is where you get psychotics. You know, it's mm-hmm. where you get people. It's a cliche. The guy in the in the mental ward that thinks he's Jesus. 
Ramdas's brother was in a mental ward saying I'm Jesus. Oh. Ramdas's joke was like I am too, but I think you think you're the only one. <laughs> you know, like, so it's like, but that's that's sort of what happens when you drag the garbage bag, not to put it down, but the heavy big bag of your identity with you through the threshold. Yeah. This is why in a lot of Chinese gardens, Zen gardens you'll see the dragons, mm. the scary dragons, before you go into the meditation garden. What are the dragons there for? They're there to kill you. Yeah. They're there to kill your ego, and then you can go through. Yeah. This is why we have those death. This is why we have baptism. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm going to drown you. Yeah. It's, it, and it's why in, in certain Amazonian things, they bury you. Mm-hmm. They'll bury you except for your nose for, I don't know if it's a day or three days, but it's like, you have to die before I have to, I can show you this stuff. Because, and this is where you get male initiation rights. Mm. We were talking about that. Mm. Why do you have to humiliate? A lot of cultures uh, believe that women have a ingrown humiliation. I just mean a, a humbling, mm. which is menstruation. Mm-hmm. And men don't have that. So they can kind of go through a lot of their adolescence and become grownups without any humbling. Mm. So this is why they have them go through a scary cave or Mm. sleep in their own grave or go out to kill a lion, even though they know they're not going to do it, Mm. uh, to show them, to break them, but to lovingly break them. I'm not endorsing this. I'm just talking about why. Because there's certain things you need to come in. It's it's Indiana Jones, man. Mm -hmm. Only, Only the penitent man will pass. You can't go in... To where the the Holy Grail is. Yeah, that's that's what the buzz saws are. You have to be on your knees. That's. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the last yeah, crusade? Yeah, yeah. That's the same thing as the dragons in front of the Zen Garden. You can't come in. Yeah. But you, capital Y, can come in. In fact, you're already in. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Uh, I was just gonna say the humiliation part or the humble part is is like a facing of mortality. Yeah. That's like the. The humbling of like, um, yeah, this this body, this body is is temporary. You think you're invincible, and yeah. that is a, a teenage boy mm-hmm. and a teenage girl too. But I mean, like, so not to say that we don't all need to be humbled. Yeah, that and not this might sound weird, but that's what one of the gifts that I didn't realize I was receiving from the life of a stand-up is. A lot of humiliation mm. and you can kill I know this sounds maybe crazy to tie it to all this ho- hoity-toity stuff but you can kill and and people that do stand up know killing is like you are the chosen one you've yeah. done it you did a miracle you are amazing yeah then same night you go to another set and you bomb mm-hmm. so there, there can be believe me there's way too many stand ups that don't uh, embody this, but there can be a balancing quality to that. Yeah. One of the things that you made me think of was, you know, being still and sitting still. I always think of Mario Brothers 1-1, and that's sort of like our game, our, mm-hmm. our lives. We go through, we get power-ups, we achieve things, we rescue the princess, we step on the enemies and all that sort of stuff. But if Mario doesn't move forward, the game starts and he just sits down, what would happen... Mm. the programmers would come in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if Mario just sat down, they're watching the game, they want to see what happens, and he just sits down, he's not moving. That's when the higher power would would go like, wait, what are you doing? 
Wow. Let's look at the code. Let's start talking to it. Doesn't wow. that kind of feel like a fun parallel? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And this might seem unlikely, but I was just, again, I'm not, I'm not Catholic, although, I mean, I'm sure flirting with them Franciscans. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really feel You're the cold. Courting them. I'm courting. I, well, I, I'm enjoying them without having to. Uh, Friends well, with benefits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to make this work. But Richie was making a point about embodiment. And something that I've always kind of felt excluded by and also no interest in because it always just felt superstitious and rote, but was crossing yourself. Mm-hmm. And he has this very lovely page. Really, Richie only needs a, a page. Yeah. Like I'd say a great chapter. It's a page in a chapter where he just blows it open, where he explains crossing, <clears throat> the the practice of crossing. And he he concedes that like... The superstition, like it looks like something people do, you know, you see a dead body and you cross yourself because you're scared or or you do it mindlessly, kind of like a zombie in a service or whatever. Um, But but he said there's, it's a beautiful tradition and it's about embodiment. It's about trying to get into your body. You're touching your body like a body scan and and you're touching your head. And he says, that's an unfortunate place to start. Mm. But then he goes, but notice the move away from the mm. head. So you're touching the head and you say in the name of the father, but then you're moving away from the head, wow. which is meaningful to your gut mm. in the sun. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he says the shoulders are, are, I forget how he expresses what the shoulders are, but it's like the all encompassing in between. The shoulders could be feminine and masculine too, because left is feminine, ma- uh, right is masculine. I love that. And, and that, I think that that's what I'm going to have, but I, I tried to do it really mindfully mm. and I was shocked at how good it felt. Mm. I'm not saying I couldn't touch my feet and I couldn't do head, shoulders, knees and toes in a mindful way mm-hmm. that wouldn't also pay out. So I'm not, please don't misunderstand that I'm saying it's some magic thing, but it is a magic thing in yeah. the same way that, you know, what it, so I, one of the things I, I, I did want to sort of get off my chest is I was talking to the to Father uh, Jim, James Martin, and it was a great talk, and I love it. And we did we did have differing opinions, and that's one of the things that made it really interesting. Yeah. I had to keep telling him, I was like, this isn't normal. It's not normal that I would, like, push back. <laughs> I don't usually disagree with people, but I disagree with you. Yeah, but <laughs> no, he no, seemed no. like that was his tradition. He made it <laughs> clear that Jesuits love... Oh, he's a, he's a Jesuit. Jesuits are groovy, man. I love Jesuits. Yes. And I, I would say that I, I wouldn't necessarily... It wasn't as freewheeling yeah. as I thought. I'm actually kind of surprised just from what you've... To hear that he was a Jesuit. But I, 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 surprised meaning I clearly don't know that much about Jesuits. Well, that's what it was. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of think um, this guy's probably going to be so liberal... Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean politically. I just mean so f- open mm-hmm. that it'll be hard to find an area where we disagree. But we would disagree. Mm-hmm. And and I, I love him and I loved our chat. And I thought it was interesting that I was saying, like, couldn't you have communion with an apple and a glass of water? Mm-hmm. Or couldn't you baptize somebody in a pile of leaves? If it's a death ritual, couldn't I just put you in some dirt? And, and he did not... Uh, concede that point mm-hmm. and that's which is which is great you know i i don't need i don't need him to concede my point it was more m- meaningful and valuable that he didn't yeah. but i have been thinking about one of the things that draws me 
to Ramdas and to Ramesh and to the, the those sort of hippy dippies mm-hmm. is they they're 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 sort of like yeah this this is it of course you can do communion with a with a box of cheese it's like yeah of course you can do anything mindfully but then I, I will also to use the word concede again I will concede that there was something attractive about how precious his his rituals were yeah so it, it is an in between there's some there's a truth in between our two extremes yeah I was sort of like you know when you bless a communion wafer, nothing's really happening except your perception of the bread is, has changed. And he's like, no, I think the bread does change. And I was like, well, now you're weirder than I am. And yeah. like, you know, like you're more magical than I am. It was, I, I'm excited for people to listen, but I've been very interested in the pretty boxes that we keep the divine in. Mm. And the people that I am drawn to the most are the ones that are going, what are you, what are you talking about? And Richie yeah. does that. Yeah. So he'll teach you how to cross yourself. But I, I also get a strong feeling that he's like, let's, let's find the value in the ritual. It's very Jungian to be like a ritual can mean more. Yeah. I always think of Malcolm Gladwell says that they charge more for ice cream. That's in cylindrical containers than rectangle containers, because they have studies that show that ice cream in cylindrical containers tastes better than ice cream in rectangular con- mm. uh, containers. You never heard me say that? Uh-uh. It's one of my favorite little factoids from, I believe it's from uh, Blink, mm-hmm. his book Blink. <clears throat> um, and he makes the argument, he's like, is, is that unethical? And he's like, why should you only be able to charge more for things that taste better for reasons we understand? He's like, yeah. it does taste better, yeah. so it costs more. <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to charge more because it's better. Wow. Even though it doesn't make logical sense why it would be better because you're eating out of a circle than a, uh, a rectangle, but it tastes better and that's why it's five cents more. Wow. But um, so like a ritual can be like a cylindrical ice cream. Mm. It is better. Wow. So Richie, I think I'm in a good space when I'm like, it's in between the two. I the ritual isn't special. The ritual is special. Yeah. Sit in the middle and be like, it, it's both. Yeah. And, and really at the end of the day, it's about your transformation and your liberation. So when I was talking to Father Jim, I was like, this guy is getting the juice by doing it by the book. I'm over here getting it, getting the juice by saying, I can commu- I can baptize Leela in the, in the ocean as we did mm-hmm. with no, no clergy present. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't need anyone to tell me that was valid or invalid. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always going to be different for different people. And, and the truth will always be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, and that made me think of two things. One is that uh, David Nickturn, um, who is our friend and our special teacher, um, taught me. He's my he's a my special teacher. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, um, he's my special teacher. Yeah, but you've you've taken his classes. Yeah, he he's the. Uh, how I got certified through mindfulness was his training. And I think that, um, his guru Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, um, I think this is one of his things because that was also Pema Chodron's, um, guru. And she writes in her book about not too tight, not too loose Mm. and knowing where your tendencies are and kind of just, turning the levels when you need to. So like for a meditation practice, that would be if I am too tight, I am, I'm getting frustrated with myself every time I get lost in thought. If I'm too loose, 
I'm just totally lost. I just sit there and watch an old episode of Cheers in my head. Yeah. Not too tight, not too loose is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So that seems like that, the version of that. The other thing that it made me think of was, um, uh, I'm losing it slowly. (sighs) Okay. Wait, the, Wow, it was like Dory. <laughs> uh, I am like, Dory. I just watched, like, I couldn't even remember what you had said. <laughs> I find when I go into the state of trying to remember what I just said, it's a it's a third place. Yeah, it is a third it's place. It's not... You're supposed to just, like, forget it and it'll come back to you. Oh, yeah, that's good. It will come back, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, but can you tell me what you were talking about? Uh, we were talking about crossing yourself. We're talking about oh, the... he's getting the juice from doing it by the book. Yes, okay, thank you. Mm. That's, uh, it made me think of... I was just talking to a friend about like monogamy versus polyamory and obviously that's a way greater conversation but one of the thing the points that kind of came to me while we were talking was and this is such a new concept I don't I don't know I'm just like trying this hat on mm. but I was and you've maybe heard me say this but I was thinking about like you know the gift of being in love is that it unlocks the truth of the nature of reality, which is unconditional love for that. It's all love and being in love. The reason why it feels so good and natural and true and right is that it unlocks that greater truth in you. When you're monogamous, you can give just literally, you can give somebody more of your attention to reflect possibly more of that love rather than when you're polyamorous and you have a lot of other people that you're trying to be to unlock that that unconditional Mm. love with you might not have just the the actual resources and energy and time and whatever to really kind of display that that unconditional love i'd agree with that um it seems like a I like hippos. I'm going to get 50 hippos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you could have, and obviously. Not that you're a hippo. <laughs> I don't mind. Um, I love hippos. Have you that, seen female hippos? They're fucking hot. <laughs> I actually picked an animal that I love, but that I realized it sounded no. like a, like a joke. And you know, there are, I can already hear like arguments with like, well, what about your child? Does that take away your love? And like, it's like, sure. Love does expand. But only to a point, just logistically speaking, about, like, resources. Yeah. Like, yeah, it didn't make me love you less, but having a kid definitely took away my full attention of, of uh, on you. And, yeah. like, if we have another and another, and if we were to have another and another, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just... It, it will take away... Whereas if I can just, like, focus and commit and be devoted... The practice of devotion maybe cultivates something similar to this universal love. And that's where it goes back to the ritual. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Brilliant. You're so brilliant. Yeah, right. I'm proud of you. I love you. (laughs) I love you, too. Merton, Thomas Merton says, when you're distracted, when you're meditating, it could be a subconscious um, quirk from your ego because it's trying to prevent you from going to a place that it doesn't want to go. Yeah. So it knows you're going into a place where it's really going to like lose some power. So it's going to play the Chili's baby back rib song. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Um, and I'm also thinking about what Paul Bettany said on the podcast where he's like, the only way I can do something new 
is by staying in my marriage. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I'm always interested. The reason I said the meditation thing is like, okay, so I'm with you and it starts getting pretty intense. Yeah. Our love is intense. Yeah. I don't, that's not code for fighting. We don't mm-hmm. fight. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's annoying. <laughs> but oh, That is annoying. I said that so kind of, I didn't mean it to sound that way. I just wanted to be clear when I say intense, it means very vibrant and yeah. alive and new. Yeah. It's like a rolling rainbow tide <laughs> pummeling forward. And I love it. Yeah. Just like a distracting thought. If I was like, well, I'm going to, I, I, I know you love me no matter what. And I really want to open it up to this person. That could be a subconscious block to, re, because I'm resisting the intensity of a maturing, right. intensifying relationship. Right. And I, not always, but I'm always on the lookout. Whenever the D and the P is involved, <laughs> I'm sort of like, yeah. That's another... It's like, I can get closer to God if I if I eat uh, Big Macs all day. It's like, yeah. yeah, are you sure? It's like, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, eating kale doesn't work. Yeah. Well, nothing works. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's another <laughs> thing... That's a, that goes back to another thing that David Nickturn taught me, which is um, like not sticking to one boat. Because if you if you you'll jump ship every time it gets uncomfortable and deep. Well, that's the it's wrongly attributed to Buddha. Mm. But if you want to hit water, don't dig six one foot wells. Dig one six foot well. Yeah, and that's. It's funny, I can say that and I can say this at the other side of my face. That that sounds like it's not true, but I can believe this at the same time. My six-foot well is a well made out of a lot of traditions. I know that doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah, no, I, I actually uh, feel that way too, and I think I've said that. In, but but it definitely comes up and it applies in a, in a lot of other ways as well. And I do think that if you have a tendency to not want to be... Uh, doing such a deep dive um, into your own pain. And, you know, we just naturally kind of recoil from our pain. So one of the really common way of doing that is jumping traditions. Right. Well, that's the same thing. You know, I'm going to have a different lover. Yeah, exactly. And what you're doing is what Paul Bettany is saying. It's like, no, stick with your stick with your partner. That's the only way something new can happen. Yeah. Because if I'm like, oh, uh, Christianity or... Buddhism, uh, I don't know, it seems a little dry. Yeah. And then I jump to my new side piece, Taoism. You go through the honeymoon phase with Taoism, and then that that gets a little bit dry. Yeah. But I, I think I'm passing it, because they're all sort of in the in the party boat together. Before you do this, by the way, since we've name-checked David Nickturn over and over, um, I just want to give this little plug that you, if you are interested in becoming a mindfulness instructor, you can do the exact same training that I did with David Nickturn because now it's all virtual. Yeah. And um and it's an incredible training. I highly recommend it. You will leave being very clear on exactly how you can how you can lead people in a a very effective form of mindfulness. So, um if you're interested in that, there's there's info sessions I saw. And he's starting a new thing called Dharma Moon. Yeah, which is something else to check out. But And I think actually on the, mind, the Dharma Moon site, you can find information on the training. And there's I know there's two of them, two um, 
I'm just going to the website. Sorry, that's why. There's two free info sessions. So you just, I'm guessing it's through Zoom. It's just this virtual thing where you can get an idea of what the training would be before you pay the money and you commit to the training. Um, So there's, if you're interested, there's truly no reason not to do these info sessions. And Dharma Moon is D-H-A-R-M-A. This is not a paid sponsor, by the way. We're just telling you something that helped us. And this is, I mean, it's something I did, so I can really vouch for it. Um, Okay, yeah, so the, the wait, let me find the info sessions so that... You want to find it and I'll read this thing? Yeah, let's do that. This is um, from The Divine Dance uh, by Richard Rohr with Mike Morell, and it's incredible. It's sort of the the prequel to The Universal Christ, which is another great book. Uh, This is not too religious, so I think everybody, um, regardless of your tradition, might enjoy it. But it's actually right after he talks about the embodiment practice of crossing yourself. I'll skip that part because we sort of talked about it. But this is just a this is just a great story of that feeling of being, as I always say, dropping anchor in the present moment and feeling the mystery visit you. Um, but he explains how how he did it, and in reading of how he did it, it helped me do it. So I hope you have that experience. Let me give you another illustration of this. Around the year two thousand, near the final days of my Lenten Hermitage, after almost forty days of solitude. The inner flow, happiness, and aliveness became very real and rich for me. I felt like I was being perpetually healed and expanded. I recalled a lesser-known poem of the 19th century priest and poet Gerard Manley Hopkins. In The Golden Echo, he writes, Deliver it, early now, long before death. Give beauty back. Beauty, beauty, beauty. Back to God. Mm. Beauty's self and beauty's giver. And in another place, this, all this beauty blooming, this, all this freshness fuming, give God well worth consuming. I knew Hopkins was almost perfectly naming my own experience, as should be expected if we were both inhabited by the same wondrous flow, meaning if it's true here, it's true there, Mm. regardless. And each remaining morning and evening, I took a long walk down a steep hill and then back up again, but now backward so I could gaze out with delight at the expanse of desert valley in front of me, the various cacti covered with spring flowers. I learned to set my breath to the words of the poem, beauty on the exhalation and back on the inhalation, Mm. occasionally stopping to recite these verses in their entirety. I did not go to Eucharistic communion most of that Lent. I thought of my chat, obviously. Mm, He was saying he didn't go to communion. I instead learned to live in communion most of the hours of the day, mm. which I think is the goal of any true sacrament or practice. Um, I think, oh, here it is. I, I want two, two more lines. This doesn't take a lot of thinking. It doesn't take a lot of theology. It doesn't take a lot of education. It doesn't even take a lot of morality. Mm. You just have to walk and breathe and receive and give and voila, you're in the flow. And this cannot be done by just thinking about it. So yeah. I've just been, wow. I read it. Leela was watching Bluey, our favorite show. Uh, and I was just saying, reading over and over, deliver it early now, long before death. Give beauty back, beauty, 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 back to God, beauty's self and beauty's giver. And I was like, that in combination 
with being on a mountain with the sky and the flowers. Yeah. And just before you're dead, you give the beauty back to beauty's self and beauty's giver. I know the word God is triggering to some people, but it's like, I read it as the mystery. I read Mm. it as the infinite. Mm. Back to the mystery, beauty's self and beauty's giver. Because regardless of your theology, we can all agree that this is beautiful and this is this. And we're just talking about this. And and you let it flow in you. You experience it and you return it. You keep the flow going. Going. And that's the point of this book. The Divine Dance is all about the Trinity, which he makes this beautiful point, which is like nobody cares about the Trinity. It's like nobody talks about it. Nobody thinks about it. Mm. But he was like, it's it's diversity perfectly loving itself Mm. constantly self-emptying only existing in relationship and we see this in science everything we're saying you can't have forward without backwards Mm. and you can't have love and giving without a divine relationship so like the the clue is there and you are a part of that yeah so the icon at the beginning there's a painting It's, it's the father son and the holy ghost sitting at a table and the original painting, I'm showing it to Val, there was a mirror here. So you were the fourth member oh, of the wow. table to be like, don't forget that that energy is passing through them. These are images passing through them and through you. And when you feel that in intaking mm. and you complete it with the giving, mm. that's why it's a flow. And wow. it's it's better than whatever. A Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a Big Mac. That's fantastic. I love I love the practice of uh, beauty with the exhalation back with the inhalation. Yeah. I, think you said. Yeah. I love that. That's Finding so a way to sink your body to a poem. Mm. It seems stupid now, but like um, every day and every way I'm getting better and better. I would do and you'd sync it with your steps mm-hmm. and then that would sync with your breath. It's a mantra. It becomes a mantra, yeah. but then it becomes a, bo- a mantra in your body. Ah, yeah. And, and it's synced up with your physicality. Wow. And so that's a story of him doing that. That's so With cool. a poem. I love that so much. Um, okay. Well, there's a couple questions that I, I yeah, got. Let's do a I couple love. questions. We'll do your poem. And I just want to say that the, those info sessions for the, um, for the mindfulness t- teacher training is there's only one left and it's March 17th. So go to Dharma moon. H a R M a moon.com and get uh, info on that. I can't recommend Nikki. Tell him sweet lady Val sent you. <laughs> yeah. David Nick turn for a hundred percent off a free talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a hundred percent off of this free talk. Uh, no, I can't recommend this training enough. And also I can't recommend David Nick turn. He's somebody that you need to get into your life. He's the best. Okay. So this is from Lucy Porter, who um, has an adorable name, I think. And she um, sent this in September, and I remembered it being a great question, and then uh, it just got lost in the mix. And so thank you, Lucy, for sending it again. Um, It says, Val, thank you, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Um, I wonder if you could speak about how you parse out your innate feminine qualities with your, in parentheses, the world's internalized misogyny. 
Um, so just like a quick casual question. <laughs> no. Say it again. How do you deal with your own internalized misogyny? How do you parse out your innate feminine qualities with your internalized misogyny? Um, which I think is such a, a good question because, and I, and men definitely have their own, I would say the, and the way that the patriarchy has affected them, um, men I think have their own versions of this but I will speak as a cisgendered woman white woman um from my experience that uh that this is something that I that comes up and I've I it used to really weigh heavy on me um there were different times in my life where it weighed heavy one was when I stopped working and the other was after I had a baby and um and just found myself like, you know, in the beginning, even when you have an incredibly wonderful partner who wants to be an equal partner, uh, in the beginning you're breastfeeding and potentially if you choose to, and, uh, there's just, there seems to be a lot more required of the woman. And, um, so there's just different points in my life where I find myself in a traditional female American gender role. And I'm like, it does this, how does this sit with my feminism? <laughs> mm. And, um, and we'll have, we'll have to be like, what, it, what is it? What is it? What am I doing that I want to do? And what is just conditioned? What do I want to do just because it's conditioned? And a perfect example of this is I, I am somebody who like, I, I like our house to be neat and clean and beautiful. <laughs> Like I care about what the light fixtures are and the furniture and the the pictures on the walls. And, and I want our house to be just like, feel really good and be beautiful and clean and have pretty things. And I think that that is an actual innate feminine trait, because even when I think about that as a kid, I cared a lot about what my room looked like. And I didn't know that I cared about what it felt like, but that is like, I wanted a space that felt really nice to be in. Mm -hmm. And I still am really sensitive to ambiance. Like I, I really respond if, for example, my therapist has a wonderful space. I can't, I haven't been to it in a year because of the, the pandemic, but like, she's really thoughtfully has like beautiful furniture and essential oils laid out and a diffuser and like, uh, crystals and things. And it, it really like, I just walk in and my nervous system just relaxes. So that's something I would think is an innate quality, but, and you've seen this, I care a lot about people seeing how people see our house. And especially if they're coming for the first time to see our house, Mm -hmm. it, it feels impossible to me to allow somebody to walk into our house for the first time and have the house be messy. That feels like just like a gut punch to me. And even people that I'm comfortable with, like my mom is coming this weekend for, uh, for my birthday. And I know that tomorrow I'm going to clean the house, even though she is somebody who is coming to help me (laughs) with the baby and cleaning and, and all of that. It's funny. The only interjection I'll have is when I go to somebody's house, like I think of the times I've gone to Rob's house, it's always clean. But if there are books lying out, I love it. I love the little peekaboo. 
yeah. into somebody's life. I love it because it'll make me less rigid about our. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> to me, if our house is a little bit messy, and we, we don't disagree on this, I, I, I like cleaning up too. Um, but when people come over and if there's stuff out, again, this is just a three thing. I'm an achiever and it's all about how people see me. And it's a four thing. It's my four wing. Mm. So if I have mess out, then they can see, like, it's it's not Pete's dream, but the three part of me is like, oh, they'll, what's this? Uh, are, are, what are these notes? Are you working on some interesting project? Like, that's that's what I'm about. But that's perfect. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is potentially, in, certainly in my case, I would say, but maybe in both of our cases, uh, internalized misogyny where, we're both caring about how somebody sees us, mm-hmm. but your the reflection that you are wanting is look at these these a- actions that I've taken. Look Whoops, at what type you've of caught me being incredible. Yeah, which is a um, you know more masculine trait, and I've been told and internalized through misogyny that my the house that I keep is a direct reflection of my worth. So I know that that is internalized misogyny. I really feel like if Isn't somebody... Isn't it also like, haven't I afforded you, the 50s housewife, enough free time? Like, you don't have to work. That means you can keep the house, you know what I mean? Like, for you. Yeah. Poten- yeah. I'm not saying that's how I look at it. I'm no. saying, isn't that part of the story? Like, I do catch myself going, like, going into that old patriarchal, somebody else's narrative mm. that, like... And Val doesn't have to work. She can make the beautiful meditation room. Isn't that nice? Yeah. (laughs) But really, like, you're trained to be like, isn't it nice that I have somebody at home, like a live-in maid, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not not endorsing that. I'm just saying. And for me, that isn't nice because I'm like, and I'm not really anymore, but I was certainly for a long time embarrassed that I didn't work. And like, so... But yes, you're right. This is this is the whole point. And and I really realized even We both work by the way. We just both work like Frasier, which is a couple hours a day. <laughs> One of the reasons why we love the show Frasier. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so I I definitely have realized that I, I I am when somebody comes over, I don't think that if we have a messy house, it's going to be a reflection on Pete in any way. I think it will a hundred percent be yeah, a reflection on me, mm-hmm. and um, and I like can't. No, you're right. Allow that's it. one of I w- I completely and begrudgingly and heavy heartedly agree with you that if I go to a, a married man's house and it's messy, I'm either like, well, they must be this. By the way, this is like shadow stuff. This is yeah. Not, this is not in the forefront. This is not what I'm thinking. But somewhere deep in my gut, I can kind of feel my parents' voice too, mm-hmm. being like. Well, the wife must be out of town, huh? Yeah. You know, what is the man den except the area where you can have your shit out? Because <laughs> this is my... Uh, nothing makes me sadder than a man den. Although we're kind of in the I man den. I was right just going to say that's so interesting because yep. we currently Well, are. why would it make me sad if it wasn't a part of me? <laughs> oh. Why would I have an emotional reaction if I didn't have some sort of mirror experience with it? Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I don't want you to be sad, but... Um, yeah, so I, I think what I would say about that, that's a perfect example. There are obviously a lot of other examples. Um, and it used to really matter to me 
if I remember saying, how can you tell there's no difference between something you believe and something you were conditioned to believe, meaning it doesn't feel any different. Yep. And I think that might be true for your mind, but more and more I'm starting to feel like that's not true. That like it, my gut does feel differently. Like, for example, if I'm caring about the house being nice for myself to relax my own nervous system, that feels right and aligned with my true self. When I am stressed out trying to get the house clean because somebody else is coming over, I know I'm not in alignment. I know I'm being rigid and and adopting somebody else's It's not what you do. It's why you're doing it. It's the... It's the Ramdas thing. You can do anything. Yeah. But it's like, what is the quality of what is the quality of your alignment while you're doing it? Yeah. Like, how pure is your intent while you're doing it? And I'll be honest. Sometimes, most of the time now, I can recognize when I'm rushing around stressed to clean the house for somebody to come over. Um, I can stop and recognize that that's what's happening. But I would say. Sometimes I can be like, I'm just going to see what it feels like to let this go and let, and tell myself you have worth whether your house is clean or not. Mm-hmm. But I would say probably 90% of the time I'll go, okay, I'm aware that I'm doing this thing and that this isn't true and I'm going to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just bringing awareness into it and and also bringing it more embodiment into it, meaning... How do you parse it out? See how it feels in your body and see if your body tells you the answer to that. And then the last bit of it is just like holding it all loosely and gently. I, I, if that feels right for you. For me, it feels, it feels right to be friendly with it and be like, yeah, isn't it a son of a bitch? <laughs> that if like, ever I've seen one. <laughs> that this stuff is so internalized and like, and, you know, for example, when I, I, I have a very clear memory of being with all of my girlfriends getting dressed for my wedding and I put on Spanx and I was like, and here's the patriarchy and like was just very aware that that's what was going on. Mm. But I still did it. And like to, so like having a sense of humor about it and, you know, more and more it's it's or less and less it's feeling OK to put my body in uncomfortable positions to like look a certain way. But sometimes, you know, honestly, when the the uh, when the pandemic is over, um, I'll probably wear high heels and and makeup and go out and like that's just the patriarchy. But like, there's a, a level of awareness of like, I'm I am participating with this thing that's kind of bullshit. Isn't it like going to Disney World? You're like, well, this is just grotesque consumerism. But also, yeah. look, there's Mickey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's what feels right for me. I totally would understand if somebody's like, no, you you should boycott. I actually have a really badass friend who, um, if she has to get makeup, she'll steal it. <laughs> is it Kate Berlant? Because she did the podcast, and that's what she does. Does she? Or she did. Maybe it was a long time ago. No, it's not. But, yeah, this friend is like, okay, I'll wear makeup, but I'm an, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's what Kate Berlant said on the podcast. I remember being really challenged by it. I, I love this question. I, I, I don't have much to offer it, but yeah. I love the idea of it's always good. Like, mindfulness of your dreams and mm-hmm. your – it's it's basically mindfulness of your thoughts. 
where are these stories coming from? Yeah. Because I'm like, I know, I've seen YouTube videos of girls, uh, of women being like, I like being a girly girl. I like that my man can open a jar of pickles and I can't. And I'm like, who's talking right now? Yeah. And that's what we really need to be careful. And in my experience, it's like, I would like to be on a show and be a fancy boy and all that stuff. Even that, you or anything, any desire is enhanced and improved mm-hmm. through mindfulness. Going like, am I doing this um, to be a good boy because my parents told me to be a good boy? And to relate, sometimes the answer is yes, and I do it anyway. Yeah. Because I go... I'm just back at Disney World, and instead of going, this is all bullshit, these toys are made in uh, weird fact. I, I, I don't know about the practices of Disney World, but I have to imagine, like a lot of corporations, maybe the ethics don't uh, always hold up to the ideal. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I just mean in normal business ways. I'm not, I love Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You've know. made why. a powerful enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mickey. You've made a powerful enemy today. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you can eat a salad at the airport mm-hmm. and go, I know this is Monsanto produce. I know that farmers that were growing diverse crops were bought out by a, a very evil corporation yeah. that made it economically unviable for them to do anything except grow this garbage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just go, I know that's true. And mm, honey, Dijon, like, because... <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that sort of in the same area? Absolutely, yeah. And and actually, um, something else I just learned is that traditionally in the like Sanskrit Pali um, definition of mindfulness, there's two parts. One is the pure receiving without judgment and allowing, like I was mentioning. And the second is after doing that, from that kind of place, taking appropriate action. So that, to me, in practice, like in your daily life, is pausing when I'm frantically cleaning the house because somebody's coming over, being mindful of what this really is, and then from a truer place deciding, am I going to continue this game or am I going to let this go, which feels safer to me right now. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels safer to just go ahead and give the monkey a treat. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny that you said that because I'm relating to that as as a mostly vegan person. I always give the example of when Violet, Rob's daughter, gave me a cookie. Yeah. And in that moment, the appropriate action felt like saying, thank you for the cookie, and I ate it. Yeah. Um, She was a little, little girl at the time. She was four, yeah. Um, meaning it wasn't the time. <laughs> imagine now, now that I think about it, I've never thought of the other side of that, which is if you had been like, no, I'm vegan. <laughs> or I could have just said no and, and had my, and there's a value to that too. I could have just said, oh, I'm okay. And that would have been fine. Yeah. The extreme is I'm a vegan and, and the, yeah, the sure. eggs from this are horrible. You should see it's <laughs> like a torture chamber. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, there's always, but the, the point is, and it goes back to Ram Dass, eating a Kentucky Fried Chicken, even though he didn't eat meat, sitting with the horror of it, mm. and and here we and here we are. You're wearing high heels, and here we are, yeah. transcending the game to a certain point uh, where, you know, I, I, I can't. It's it's a little too esoteric to really summarize, but I'm just yeah. saying there's a way that I'm participating in a narrative that is not my own. Yeah. It is the white male American comedian, Mm -hmm. tall, Lithuanian, Irish, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I've inherited so much programming 
and this is why I keep coming back to meditation and mindfulness, is because when you drop all that, you're still here. Yeah. When you stop repeating the mantra, I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm a Red Sox fan, you can enjoy watching the Yankees win. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I'm all about when we have to play the game, play it. Don't forget it's a game, but do it lightly. Yeah. Um, and choose your moments that serve you to break away from it and yeah. say, this is bullshit. I never asked for this. This isn't this isn't my dream. This isn't my desire yep. to be a 50s housewife or to wear uncomfortable shoes at a party. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, there's other examples. Um, it's always, always going to be the most appealing to me. It's why I love psychedelics to just go, let's jump in a pool where all of that is gone. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And so... The only thing I would offer to this person is don't forget, and I'm speaking to myself really, behind all of the games, there is something eternal and flowing and beautiful Mm -hmm. that's looking out the eyes of what happens to be a woman Mm -hmm. or a cat or a man or a bear. Mm -hmm. And And that's the real juice. And then we can play the game. You know what I was, what really tripped me out the other day? The National, for their last record, uh, which is called I, I Am Easy to Find, put out this video. And in the video, it summarizes a girl's life in it's moments. Such a, it's so beautiful. It's unbelievable. Uh, and I it, cry just thinking about it. And it talks about she knows the sound of her father's voice, and it shows her dad reading to her when she's mm-hmm. little. She knows the feeling of her mom dying, so it jumps forward in time. And it's sort of like when we wake up from our dreams, we remember these little moments, Mm. but it's sort of hard to hold it all together. Mm. And then you really get into that space where you're like, this is a dream. Mm. And when you can go, this is a dream, Mm -hmm. meaning you can't hold on to all of it. Really, all you have is right now. What are you so uptight about? Mm. Like, I know there are things to get uptight about and things to fight for. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in a quiet moment in your room listening to this podcast, doing this podcast with you, yeah. we can go, fuck, I think it's all coming with me. It's not. It's all burning up behind me, like yeah. like the afterburners on a spaceship. And when you realize that, there's a great liberation in going, I'm going to choose to be silly. I'm going to mm-hmm. choose to be light. I'm going to choose to be generous. Mm-hmm. And, and this comes out in real-world applications. Iris came over. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video. You turn it off. Iris is here. I'm now dreaming that Iris is here. There's another dreamer here. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Luis is here. We should stop because it's going to get loud. We'll have to hold this lightly. Um, okay, there's another great question, but I guess I'll save it for the end and read a poem. Let's do the poem. Let's see if we can get away with the poem. Okay. Because he's going to be whacking some weeds, um, which is weird because we have fake grass. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What is he doing? Um, so thank you so much for that, Lucy. I, I think that's uh, something that it will be another, I mean, it'll probably come up again and there's, there's definitely more to discuss, but I hope that. I want to make sure helped. people know I, I'm saying both and yeah. deal with the issues of. Well, of you're talking misogyny. about absolute truth and yes. there is the relative. And relative. There let's, is the relative and let's work life. with both. Yeah. Fight misogyny and yeah. definitely don't let it get you down. But never, but that's also, uh, never lose the little smile of the Buddha. That's yeah. like as if anything's happening. Yeah, or that's if just, that's liberating to you. It's liberating to me. It might not be you. Yeah, that's what I, what I was going to say. Is I I tend to hold this somewhat lightly, and I fight it when I have the energy, and I submit to it with awareness when I just don't have the energy, and or when there is a part of my ego that's getting a hit from it, and that's okay. Um, for me, that works. I totally understand the voice of like 
no, we have to fight this. And if that's what makes you feel safe and good, do that. And sometimes I'm there too. I I always think we should fight it, but you know what I mean. Okay, enough. (laughs) Just play Um, the game on multiple levels is what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Okay, uh, I had this ready and here it is. Okay. Um, Wait till you hear this one. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) You've never even heard it. Um, okay. This is called The Unbroken by Rashani. There is a brokenness out of which comes the unbroken, a shatteredness out of which blooms the unshatterable. There is a sorrow beyond all grief which leads to joy and, fr- and a fragility. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's a sorrow beyond all grief which leads to joy and a fragility out of whose depths emerge strength. Emerges strength. Why am I having a hard time with this? I love it. (laughs) It's so human and real. If you want it read perfectly loaded onto your computer, do (laughs) text-to-speech. I'm honestly surprised this doesn't happen more with the poems. Me too. Every time I read on on the... I love public speaking. I don't like public reading. You're doing great. Thank you. Uh, There is a hollow space too vast for words through which we pass with each loss out of whose darkness we are sanctioned into being. Hmm. There is a cry deeper than all sound, whose serrated edges cut the heart as we break open to the place inside which is unbreakable and whole while learning to sing. Wow. That's so good. Yeah, I felt that in my chest. Oh, sorry if I ruined it. (laughs) The poem? (laughs) Yeah. Because I read it so shitty. Valerie Ann, <laughs> as I live and breathe. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for your reading. And now a reading from First Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is farting in front of you. <laughs> I want to do an Instagram account where it's pictures of couples and you, and you guess whether or not they fart in front of each other. Ah, excellent. What would it be called? Egg salad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. It's because he's that excellent. I don't know, fart or not. Fart like, or not. Like hot yeah. or not. Because uh, I want to know. Natasha Moshe, what do you think? No. Definitely not. And I, I know I for a fact Kumail and Emily don't. They don't? They don't. I'm calling I'm, them. I'm Let's pretty sure. Let's see if it happens. Oh, my God. You're calling Moshe? Yeah, I'll just see. I really need to know. Hey, Moshe. I want to I want to chat, but we're on the podcast. Can I ask you one question? <laughs> no, it's so personal. You're not on the podcast. You want to be on speaker? Okay, here we go. Um, I'm, by the way, on the podcast now. You're on the podcast. Hey, I do a podcast called the Endless Honeymoon Podcast <laughs> with my wife Natasha Wajero. You can find us also on Netflix. And okay, we're gonna edit this out. We're gonna edit that out. We're <laughs> plugging your better podcast on our podcast. We're gonna edit it out. Um, Moshi. What's up? Yeah. Do you and I, wait, wait? I just want to say I do not approve of this question. You're gonna love it. This question. <laughs> I hate this question right now. I want to do an Instagram account where it's pictures of couples and you guess whether or not they fart in front of each other. And then I said Moshe and Natasha, and Val said absolutely not. And I'm like, come on, you know, you and I need to know. Oh, it's Pete. 
it's a condemnation of our friendship that you don't know the answer to this question because we are very publicly and famously a couple that has not only not only doesn't fart in front of each other we have never heard one another fart in our entire relationship i told you I, I, know I don't know how I feel about that. I know you very well, just for the record. Yeah. You're Moshi Koshi. Yeah. You, you, you. When yeah. I, when I let my freak flag fly, I think of you. How are you not a, a few innocent poppers in the kitchen? What I am is I'm a freak in the streets <laughs> and a lady in the sheets. <laughs> I just, we've, I've gone over this with Natasha. There's just no part of us that wants to bring our gastrointestinal process into our romantic life. But how much discomfort are you enduring as you're watching the third season of Fargo under your own blanket that you know, like a hero diving on a grenade, that blanket is going to keep everything secret? Have you ever let out a silent and, and scentless? I, I Listen, it's a very tricky thing because you're trying to really read your own body to make sure... <laughs> That what's that what's coming will be will continue to maintain the mystique of romance. But no, I've never, I have never heard Natasha fart, and I don't think she's ever heard me fart either. And I, I think we're better for it. Wow! Wow! Well, you're certainly better than us. Yeah, I'm. Well, that's I, our goal. I'm farting right now. You know, they say couple couple goals. My my couple goals is specifically. It's usually that you want to be like a couple. It's specifically we want to beat you as a couple. <laughs> what's well, happening? Mystique or mistake. That's what we'll call it. Oh, God. I like that you said Fargo, too, because it's kind of like, is there a fart go joke? Yeah. Yes. Go, you guys. I got I to gotta get going. So <laughs> I'll just. Um, <laughs> Let me call you later. We're overdue. Okay. Good luck on okay. this podcast figuring it out. Goodbye. Thanks, pal. <laughs> bye bye. Oh Moshi Koshi, you get you get all the good breaking news. Breaking news here. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, okay, that's what we call it. Breaking news. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think that's it. Keep it crispy. <laughs> I just stole it. I stole it. I'm covering his mouth. <laughs> Keep it crispy. You better cover my butt. Oh no, I'm in for it. <laughs> 